Welcome, everybody, to episode number 15 of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter blog. Today, we have a great interview with a guy that's been on the podcast before, Brandon Douglas. He was on the podcast talking about the top 10 books that me and him thought all firefighters should read. And now we brought him back so that we can talk about the top 10 books that we think every fire officer should read. Both of us are fire officers in our fire departments, and so we thought that it would be a really good discussion and to see you know, where, uh, you know, where he was kind of standing on the books that he thought and where I was standing on the books that I thought because Brandon just brings a, another perspective to it, which is great. He tends to be a little more on the intellectual side and a little more like trying to expand your mind. And I try to be a little more on the tactics side. So what that does is create a super solid list for any fire officer to read. And it did the same thing with the firefighter books. So it's just good. it turned out to be a really good discussion. It turned out to be a really good interview. Brandon is always so good at this. He is just a, a, a great person to talk to off the podcast and text and, and all that stuff that, he, that we do. And then he's just, just a natural at being interviewed and talking about literature and talking about books. I mean, the guy reads 30 to 40 books a year. Uh, so he's just a tremendous resource. His website is great. It's like the Cliff's Notes for the fire service. So if you're not sure if you want to read a book or not, you can go to Brandon's website, which he talks about at the end of the episode where you can go, uh, go see all the stuff that he's doing. And he reads the book and then he talks about the Cliff's Notes, the, uh, the, the, the quotes, all the cool stuff that he thinks are in the book. And that can give you a good idea if you think you'd find value in this book. So it's just a great, great interview. Brandon is such an awesome guy. But before we get into the interview, uh, I wanted to give everybody out there a great resource. And this is a resource. They don't sponsor me. I don't get any money by plugging their, their, their stuff. I just think it's a solid tool, and I want to throw their name out there because not everyone's aware of it. In fact, I just became aware of this resource a couple months ago, and I believe I, I heard it on the Do Work podcast. Cody and uh, Steven were mentioning it, and that is Thrift Books. Thrift Books, I use the app. You can go to your app store or whatever device you're using and just type in Thrift Books, and you can bring up the, the app, download it, and it is a discount book site. They have an enormous amount of books that you can get for cheap. Uh, one of the ones that I've been wanting to get my hands on, but I just did not want to pay the amount of money that I was finding it for in my Barnes & Noble or the other books places I go to was About Face by David Hackworth. That's a book that has got a lot of fire service you know, implica- uh, it, it relates to the fire service very well. Of course, it relates to the military because it was based on the military, but it is expensive. It's a long book. It's, it's, it's a long read, at least for me. Uh, Brandon could probably read it in about 10 minutes. I'm just joking, but you know, he, he's a fast reader. I tend to, to digest books a little more uh, and reread things that I don't understand because I, I, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm just an average guy. You know, get it, average Jake Firefighter podcast. I don't always understand a word in a book, so maybe I have to go look that word up so that I understand the context and what they're using. But with that being said, that about Facebook is, is really expensive. And so I've been finding it 20, 25 bucks out there. 
on thrift books, it was $8. And there's a whole host of other great books, a lot of them that were on the podcast that you can go on thrift books and you can get and you can start building your library for a good rate because, you know, firefighters, you know, we're, we're not getting rich doing this job, okay? Uh, most of us make a good living and it's a, and it's a great job and we don't do it for the money and 90% of us don't do it for the money. Uh, a lot of us did it for free before we ever got paid for it. So, but we're not getting rich doing this job. So if you can find a deal on something that's going to enhance your life and enhance your career, I think that's a good resource and I want to put it out there. So thrift books, go out and get, you know, download thrift books, look on the internet, just type in thrift books. It'll come up. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to find, uh, and, and start building that fire service library or just your personal library. Um, again, me too. I, uh, I've talked about this on another episode. I don't really like e-readers. I will read stuff on an e-reader um, or my iPad or something if that's the only way I can get a hold of it. Uh, like I just found an e-reader copy of the San Francisco Fire Department Forcible Entry Manual. Well, I can't get that. I can't get my hands on a real copy of that. So I read it on the internet. I read it on the e-reader. But I just like the feel of a real book. I like being able to write in the margins. I like being able to highlight the pieces, underline the pieces. I like having those line of books that I've read. I like when I research something, I don't like having to flip through an e-reader. I like going back and picking a book off the shelf and flipping through it to find the the page that I highlighted and wrote something in the margins. That's just what I do. Uh, I like that. And I don't think I'm the only one that that feels that way. I don't think that I'm the only one that doesn't like reading off of an e-reader. So... Thrift books is another way for you to get that old classic book feel for a pretty good price. So if you go to thrift books, you can get a real book and you're not going to break the bank having to do it. All right, enough of the, uh, the pleasantries and uh, the beginning stuff in the episode. Let's get to that interview with Brandon Douglas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. Like I said in the interview, proud and honored to have back Brandon Douglas who, if you listen to the other episode he was on, we went over the top 10 books uh, with a couple extras thrown in there for the firefighter, for that every that we thought every firefighter should read. And today, we decided to bring him back and talk about the top 10 books, five from him, five from me, and maybe a couple honorable mentions thrown in there that we think every fire officer should read. It works out well because me and Brandon are both fire officers. You know, of course, you know, and, and we feel like there's a little bit different uh, I guess, avenue that maybe you should take once you make that transition to the fire officer side. Still, all the firefighting stuff is super, super important, but you're starting to transition to that fire officer. You're starting to look at things a little bit different, maybe a little bit big picture, maybe more strategy and tactics versus uh, understanding everything about a, a particular nozzle. So it's great to have Brandon Douglas back. Brandon, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. And uh, Brandon, maybe people haven't listened to the podcast before. Maybe this is the first time they've had uh, they've had the opportunity to listen. So I know you gave your background on the first time you were on. Go ahead and just remind everybody who you are, what your what your deal is, where you're from, your fire service experience, and uh, your great website and what you're doing over there. Sure, um, Brandon Douglas. I'm from uh, Knox County, Tennessee. I've been a been on the fire department here since 2002. I'm currently a captain and a paramedic on an engine company. Um, my website, brandonsdouglas.com is pretty much, uh, book reviews and my thoughts on things. I've 
been a little slow updating it lately, but it's there. Um, get, getting added to it soon. Um, I'm a big reader. I'm big on the thinking about different ways to be productive and, and make good use of my time, um, both at work and at home. And I think reading has been a big part of that. And um, so, yeah, there you go. And when Brandon says he's a big reader, he is that he's downplaying that a little bit. Like he is a super reader. Um, I believe like he, you know, he said he, he's reading somewhere between like 30, 40 books a year. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm up to about 36 so far this year. Yeah, I mean, we're and and there's there's a there's a whole month left in the year, so we could yeah. probably <laughs> probably get a couple more in there. Um, whereas oh yeah, me, aiming, aiming for 40. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like I said, I consider myself a pretty avid reader, but I'm maybe six books a year, uh, and and I think it just you know I just don't absorb them as quickly. But it's awesome that you can read that many books, uh, and that and that makes you a valuable valuable resource because there's so you have such a wide knowledge. Uh, and over on your website, you're kind of like, like I said, you're like the fire service cliff notes. You're there. If someone doesn't, isn't sure if the book's for them, they can go over there, look at what you think about it, and then decide if they want to tackle that entire book. So I think it's a really, really yeah. valuable resource for firefighters and fire officers to, uh, because let's be honest, a lot of firefighters don't like to read. I mean, it's just, sure. it, even though I think it's valuable, and I know you would agree with that a lot of firefighters just don't like picking up a book and sitting down yeah. and trying to digest it. So yeah. your website is a great, great resource for that. Yeah. Thanks. Can I real quick on that note? Yeah, go ahead. Um, anybody that doesn't think they like to read needs to go buy Harry Potter because as odd as that may sound, those are some of the most well-written books as far as like plot, story, structure, character, and it will absolutely immerse the person in those books and will build the habit of reading if they stick with them from beginning to end. So just a little, little thing to try. How about that? Uh, yeah. And, and I, and I do uh, agree with it. Maybe not the Harry Potter, uh, but I do agree that you've got to, uh, to pick up that habit. You've got to start with something that you're going to be interested in. Uh, you're not going to just, you're not going to walk and pick up like one of the last books that you talked about on the last episode was like the uh, modern day stoic or, or the Marcus yeah. Aurelius or something like that. And uh, that's not a book where you're like, I'm going to start reading 10 books a year. I don't think that's the one you should start with. Right. I mean, like right. that's, that's a lot to tell, or like you shouldn't start with Musashi. Uh, you right. know, <laughs> they just, yeah, you got to build, build the comprehension up. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but no, that's a great, great point And starting with something that you like. Well, uh, all right. So again, the topic today is going to be five books that you think every fire officer should read and five books that I think every fire officer should read. And that should get us somewhere around, you know, in that 10 book range uh, for of books that fire officers should read. And like I said, I've got an honorable mention. I know you do too. So you're going to leave after this podcast with 10, 12, 13 books that we feel that every fire officer should read. So Brandon, go ahead and get us started with your, uh, with your first one. And these are in no particular order. These aren't ranked first to worst or anything. These are just books we think you should read. So go ahead and Brandon, get us started with your first one. Sure. Yeah. My first pick is first and last out from John Salka, the retired FDNY battalion chief. Um, this book was actually recommended to me a long time ago um, by a captain who's uh, not with my department anymore, but it sat on my bookshelf for a long time before I finally got it down to Reddit. And um, it's just an excellent introduction, I think, to um, a leadership and management book, especially for somebody who's not familiar with the genre or is new to being an officer, um, whatever the case may be. He does a great job of giving a very broad overview of what leadership is, 
how to be an effective leader through, um, you know, unifying your people, knowing your people, communicating well, uh, being observant, um, not getting hung up on, you know, like he says, uh, calls it following the smoke. You know, don't, don't try to put water on the smoke. You got to get down to the bottom of it and find the, the root of the problem. Um, he talks a lot about knowing yourself, which I think is something that comes up a lot in the books that I read and recommend. Um, it's hard to be a good leader and really show people how you want them to be and the expectations you have of them. If you don't have expectations for yourself, um, talks about being a good teacher, uh, all this great stuff, a good, good chapter on decision-making. So all around a really good, I think, um, general book on, on the subject. And of course it's written by a firefighter. So it's all, it's all very easily applicable to what we do. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I have that book myself. I've read the book. I know, I think it's one of the more popular books out there in the fire service uh, realm. And you're 100% right. It is, it is just a, a guide or just a chronicling of John Salka and his experience within the fire service and the FDNY. It's, it's a really, really, really great book. Uh, I, I think that, and again, that's one of those ones where if you're not sure if you're a reader, I think that's a good book to start with because it's yeah. got some war stories in there. You know, it's got something to, to kind of get you in involved. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the next, the first book on my list is going to be Fire Command by Alan Brunacini. Specifically, I have the second edition, but I think there's a couple other editions out there. This is a book that I actually got in college, and I have continually referenced it and referenced it because. I, I, you know, as much of a revolutionary thinker as Alan Brunacini was, the way he's describing how they're running, you know, how to run fire command, the blue card stuff that he eventually came up with, and all the stuff that's in that second edition book is all stuff that's how my department is running command today. My department was a stand in the front yard and uh you know talk on the portable and now we have transitioned to more of a command team concept and alan brunacini was talking about that decades ago uh mm -hmm. and it just it finally kind of started trickling down so i feel that it's a great book to start to figure out especially I, I don't know about you brandon but in my role in my fire department uh as a captain i'm in charge of a station but i also ride up uh as a battalion chief so I've got to serve two masters. I've got to be able to ride in front of that fire truck, but also be able to transition to the back of the car or inside the car, wherever you do command. We're not talking about that. But wherever you do command and be able to run an effective scene. Uh, yeah. So that book for me is, is especially valuable, and I reference it often. So, again, Fire Command by Alan Brunacini, you know, just, just, again, a book that I feel is, is pretty valuable to, and, and very tangible and applies to everything that we do. Awesome. All right, so what's your next one? Yeah, my next one, I've got um, Firefighter Functional Fitness from Dan Kerrigan and Jen Moss. And obviously, I mean, this isn't necessarily a commander and officer book. I think this is something that any firefighter could read and benefit from, um, really anybody. But I think as an officer, um, you're no longer just responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your people. And part of that is making sure that they stay healthy and are ready to go and fit and making sure that you're setting a good example for them, et cetera. So this book is really good overview on kind of health and fitness for the fire service from everything from nutrition to, um, you know, the obvious stuff like weightlifting, but also some less obvious yoga, calisthenics and things like that. 
Um, they talk about their core eight. They build everything around kind of these basic principles. Um, it's an easy book to read. It's got a lot of great programs in it for various fitness levels. And I think something that an officer could sit down with for an afternoon and really come up with a good plan for his firehouse and getting every getting everybody kind of on the right track. Um, cardiac emergencies account for what 45, 50% of firefighter line of duty deaths right now. So yeah. 50, 51%. Yeah. So <clears throat> as an officer, you have to take that responsibility of making sure that your people don't wind up on that statistic board. Yeah, totally agree. And, and, and I'm probably a little bit biased. That's probably one of the reasons that I didn't put this book on my list because I'm very good friends with Jim and Dan. I was one of the peer reviewers on this book like they sent oh, me nice. an advanced copy i'm quote yeah. i'm actually quoted in the book um mm -hmm. you know like one of my deals so like i so like i don't want to sound biased but i do think it is the definitive work on firefighter fitness uh you yeah, know I when i when i read it the fair when they sent me that advanced copy to review the ideas oh man i was blown away i was like this is the book that all firefighters have been asking for because you always go in the firehouse and people are like well i want to work out but i don't know how to start i don't know what exactly to do. that book will take you from the guy on the couch to a fit firefighter uh you know and again i know i'm a little bit biased but i really do think that it's it's a great book and 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 i don't want to go down too far down this rabbit hole but i really love what you said about as a company officer, you're responsible for your people's fitness. I have said before that I think almost as important as a, a, a I guess, skill set for you to have as a company officer, not just the strategy tactics, being a good fireground commander, but I've almost thought that maybe being, you know, like a personal trainer or at least having that knowledge yeah. uh, these days is something that maybe company officers need to start looking at. Like, you know, you go down that path of getting, you know, your firefighter one and all your officer certs. And then after you're, you're competent on the fire ground, you go start to look at kinesiology and, and personal training so that you have some knowledge. Because I know in my department, I'm expected to make my guys work out for an hour every day. Well, mm -hmm. how am I supposed to, to do that if I don't have any knowledge? Right. You know, you constantly see people with with no knowledge trying to lead workouts. And so it just is not effective. And so, I mean, I'm not a personal trainer. I've I've done some dabbling uh, in like, you know, trying to look into how to get certified for that. But I really think that that's where we need to start going uh, as company officers is, is maybe looking at some of these other skill sets that we need to to implement into how to run that firehouse on a daily basis. What do you think about that, Brandon? Sure. No, I definitely agree. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the, a, book, and a book like this is a great stepping stone in that direction to kind of get somebody started. Um, like I said, it's got the programs and everything, you, you know, it's got all that stuff built into it. So it's a good starting point. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's our, you know, our jobs are what, two, 3% fire related, 60, 70% EMS. And then not to mention as a, as an officer, a company officer, you've got, like we said, the responsibility of your people. So whatever you can do to make them better is, is only going to benefit everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So great, great pick. I definitely think everyone should go get that book, especially company officers. You're trying to figure out how to get your people in shape. Yeah. Um, so the next book on my list is a book that I have reviewed on the podcast before. And so if you're not sure if you want to pick this book up, I would go back. I don't remember the episode number, but if you want to go back and look at it and, and listen to it and see some of the things that I've already pulled out of it, uh, and it's uh, called Crossfire, Taking the Heat Out of Conflict, and that's by Randy Kern. Uh, Randy Kern is a chief in Florida, and he talks about 
how he started as a company officer. And he was, as my good buddy Ben Martin says, he was prepared, but he wasn't ready. If that makes any, mm. any, any oh, yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and how he was almost lost, you know, almost got demoted because he was unable to handle the conflict in the firehouse and approach senior members. And there's just a ton, a ton of great information. It's a quick read. I think it's only around 200 pages, but it is a good fire officer read. You can probably, you know, at least me, I, the first time I read it and I've read it multiple times, I read it in probably about two hours, but I took notes uh, in the margins and all that stuff. And I really, and I referenced that stuff when I feel like I'm getting a little off kilter with my conflict management. Uh, I think again, a great, great book, not very expensive, not very long. You can read it really quick. It's a good firefighter, a good fire officer read, and it'll help you develop your conflict management skills because at every level in the firehouse and every level in the fire department, there's conflict at every level. And if you can master these skills that he's talking about in that book, you will manage that conflict better. He even says in the book, that he doesn't even fear conflict anymore because he knows how to manage it. And I think that's, I think that's a pretty valuable skill that we all need. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's not really something conflict management is not necessarily something that's taught very formally. So having a book like that, especially from the perspective of a, of another firefighter is hugely beneficial. Yeah, I agree. All right. My next book is um, kind of on that same same path of uh, being responsible for your people um, from PTSD to PTG. So from post-traumatic stress to uh, post-traumatic disorder to post-traumatic growth from Dr. David Griffin. Mm-hmm. If anybody is not familiar with him, he was on the Charleston sofa superstore fire that um, killed nine firefighters. And uh, I just kind of happened to catch his lecture, brief lecture at FDIC last year and was blown away i mean just absolutely i don't know speechless listening to that so i read the book and the book's incredible it's a it's a quick read um it's got a lot of, it's it's kind of his journey from uh what he went through after that after that call kind of dealing with everything and sort of getting on his path to becoming who he is today which is you know he travels around the country the world speaking to fire departments about the lessons he's learned and the lessons his fire departments learned so it's great. And I think, um, you know, the PTSD is becoming more and more common or more and more talked about. And so, which is a good thing. And so being able to know more about it and recognize symptoms in your people and in yourself, um, know how to uh, help not only yourself, but also your people when, when situations arise is, is hugely beneficial. And then also too, I mean, he talks about how he felt that day on that fire, realizing that you know, he was standing at that pump panel and didn't know how to get water to those guys. And like, I can't imagine what that felt like. And there's a, there's a, a quote that says, you don't want to find out you don't have sufficient knowledge or experience at an emergency scene. That should be done in training. And if that's not something that you're teaching your people as an officer, then you're failing. So I think this book is a, is a great read. I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, I've got a longer write up of that one on my website also, if anybody wants to check it out, but um, yeah, highly recommended. Yeah. And, and that's something that's becoming, that's coming to the forefront of, of fire departments all over the country is how to deal with those post-traumatic stress. And I, you know, I've, I've seen uh, Dr. Griffin's presentation on the Charleston nine. I have his book on the Charleston nine and uh, yeah, just a tremendous. And, and he talks about that in his presentation, kind of the destructive path 
that yeah. he went down on, uh, you know, fighting MMA. I mean, he fought. I mean, I'm a big MMA guy. I like watching yeah. MMA. And he fought a guy who fought in the UFC. He fought Houston Alexander. I mean, yeah. that guy, and that, and that guy's a killer. His nickname was The Assassin. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and so <laughs> to, to, I mean, and he, and he was a very talented fighter. Um, so in yeah. order to, to, to go through all that and, to, and to come out on the other side of it in a healthy way and to yeah. use, and, and it's something that's always been there. Um, if you listen to Vincent Dunn talk about the 23rd street fire and talk about that, that mm-hmm. building collapse afterward, he just, and he, and, his, and in his words, he was vomiting out these building collapse articles and that was his PTSD. He didn't yeah. want to see anybody else uh, get killed like that again. So yeah. that's how he dealt with it was by educating. And that's a very positive, positive way to, to, to go down that path. I mean, it's, this is a difficult conversation because just within the, the last couple of weeks, we had a firefighter in my fire department commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's been a really rough couple months here in the, in the Virginia fire service where, we had a line of duty death with Brad Clark in Hanover. Uh, mm-hmm. We had uh, Chief David Creasy die. We had uh, you know a, a couple guys in, in the city of Richmond get cancer, uh, and then and then Kevin uh, O'Connell from my fire department uh, committed suicide. And that is just and and that's something we have to be start to. Get, I mean, I'm uncomfortable even talking about it, and we have to start mm-hmm. getting comfortable talking about it. And so it's books like this that will put it out there. And yeah. make it because guys, you know, and you guys know, and Brandon, I know, you know, from being a company officer, we are, we're not just in charge of that fire truck. We are coaches. We're mentors. We're shoulders to cry on. Uh, you know, I was never ready for a grown man to sit across the desk for me and cry. I was not mm-hmm. ready for that. They don't teach you that in officer one. Uh, they don't, no. there's no classes <laughs> on that at FDIC. I can no. tell you that there, there's not. And but that's a big deal of what we do, and we have to get more comfortable talking about it. And reading books like that are what's going to get it to the forefront. So I'm really glad glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, so the next book on my uh, list is kind of piggybacking again off of off of the crossfire and and everything, and it's called Crucial Conversations, and it's by four different authors. Uh, the last names are Patterson, Guinea. Uh, Macmillan and Switzler. And it is a book for how to deal in basically how to talk when stakes are high. Uh, it is not a firefighting book, but it is a book that is recommended when you get promoted to supervisor in the county that I work for. And it doesn't matter whether you're supervising the, uh, the refuge center or if you're supervising in a fire station, anybody who gets promoted to supervisor in my department you go to a new supervisor orientation and they recommend that you get that book. Uh, they, they print out articles about it and almost the entire orientation is centered around that crucial conversations book. So I, I listened to their advice and I, and I went and bought it and it's been a great book for me. I'm not perfect at all the things that they're talking about. And some of the things, you know, they, they're talking about some dynamic situations. The firehouse itself is a very dynamic situation, but it's going to give you some skills to talk when those stakes are high. And when I'm talking about stakes are high in the firehouse, you're, we're talking about the stuff that we're talking about. People with PTSD, people who's, you know, firefighters whose significant others are cheating on them and they're still supposed to come work a 24 hour shift. If you don't handle that conversation the right way, 
you're going to alienate the people that are working for you and you may, mm-hmm. you know, you may cause them to go do something drastic. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, so that is a book that I, I really believe in. And uh, again, it, I think it's a little bit tough read for firefighters because it's not that firefighter book. It is, it is mostly centered around business, but you can take the skills and apply it uh, to talking to your people. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And those are all, all good skills to cultivate and have. And I think it's important to, uh, as my, you know, my, on my list and my reading reflects, I think it's important to get outside the fire service stuff too um, and get those different viewpoints and to factor them in there. Yeah. I mean, because there's more, you know, I love reading a good fire service book. You know, I, I love, I love reading a good fire service. Like we talked about on the last podcast that we did together report from engine mm-hmm. company 82. How do you not love that book? If you're a firefighter, oh, that's great. you know, I mean, yeah. how do you not love that book? It's Dennis Smith talking about all the cool fires he went to when he was a yeah. fireman at, uh, you know, in, in New York. So, I mean, it's, it's really, 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 great book and i love reading those fire service books i love re- i loved reading killer show that we talked about i yeah. loved reading stuff that, that 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 is involved in the fire service but there's so much more i've learned more about strategy and tactics and how to make good command decisions really from reading all the civil war books that i read i mean sure. if you want a lesson in tactical patience and tactical aggression read about pickett's charge I mean, that right there will tell you all you need to know about tactical aggression, tactical patience, and how we need to do everything in an aggressive mindset, but even defensive moves can be aggressive. Uh, you know, so it, again, I, I get outside that fire service, and I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Which takes me to my next book, uh, <clears throat> Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Um, this one is uh, a little different. It's pretty good. It's... um. He basically presents a case that um, your ego is essentially your biggest enemy. And it's the thing that's going to hold you the back the most, um, keeps you from being honest with yourself, keeps you from really seeing yourself for what you are. Um, You know, people may have like this big trumped up view of themselves and how they are, you know, how they've gotten to be where they are, whether they're an officer or whatever the case may be, but ultimately they really, you really got to dig down and get past that voice in your head and figure out if, if all the things that you think are true really are. Um, and to do that, you kind of got to get past your ego. You got to make sure you're placing other people's needs ahead of your own. Um, you got to make sure you're a lifelong learner, constantly a student. Um, you know, like, like I'm sure you've said, and we've all heard if you, you know, if you think you know it all, it's time to quit. You're done. So um, less emphasis on uh, passion. He, he has a whole chapter about, uh, you know, kind of arguing the idea of finding your passion and more arguing for a, an idea of finding your purpose, um, saying that passion is kind of like this unbridled thing, this flash in the pan that ultimately no one's going to meet your, um, have your same drive on, on something you're passionate about. Nobody's going to be able to meet you and help you get to where you're wanting to go. And you're just going to wind up getting kind of frustrated and drop the whole thing versus if you have a purpose that you're working towards, that's kind of a restrained passion. So passion with boundaries and it can can be a little easier to stay on course and look at things more um, objectively. Um, Talks about ego being rooted in insecurity. It's easy to be emotional and egotistical. It's harder to be humble and self-aware. I mean, I think these are all things that people that have worked in the fire service for long enough, you're probably dinging up pictures in your head of people that you've worked with that kind of meet some of this, some of these things. 
Um, so it's just being aware, being aware of yourself, being aware of where you are in your life and, and knowing that you got a long way to go, but just trying to stay on that path. Well, you know, and it's, it is, that's great that you brought that up too, because I, I was just at the bookstore the other day. Um, and I actually picked that book up in my hand and I was like, huh, I wonder if this, you know, I've heard this book is good. You know, I'm always looking for, for a new book and just you talking sure. about that right there. I'm probably going to go get the book. Uh, yeah, you know, but- I'm probably going to go get it because I feel like, especially when you talked about that part about passion, man, yeah. that like that, just that little blurb you talked about, that really speaks to me because I have definitely let in the past and even sometimes to this day, I'm not going to lie. Uh, cause I love this job and I sometimes have let my passion for the fire service yeah. override my good sense and override yep. my mouth. That's yeah. the, and that's the big one that gets you in trouble is when it overrides your mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, it's easy to do because I mean, and I think anybody who's listening to a fire service podcast is probably in the same boat, boat as we are, you know, we, sure. we want to be, we are passionate about this job and we want to be the best firefighters and fire officers we can be, but that ego can creep in and sometimes that ego can get you in trouble in a lot of ways. And I know it's gotten me in trouble. Um, you know, unfortunately I've had to outlive some ego outbursts. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure we all have, but you know, I mean, most of the, most of the great leaders out there have, have had some ego, some bouts with ego. So no, that's, that's a tremendous, tremendous recommendation. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy book to read. It's not super long. Um, a lot of you know the, the chapters are short. There's a lot of good, a lot of good uh, highlighter, uh, highlighter worthy chat portions. And so yeah, it's it's a good book. I highly recommend it. Awesome. All right. So the next one for me, book number four on my list, uh, was "It Worked for Me" by Colin Powell. And Colin Powell's written a couple of different leadership leadership books, but what I really like about this one is that he's not necessarily telling you how to do it. He's telling you what worked for him. And if you like it, you can, you can take it. You can take his lessons and you can take all the examples that he gives because he gives a ton of great examples. Um, but he's not out there. Like some of these leadership books, they talk about it like these, these, you know, like there's a little bit of a rainbow out there. And, and if you, if you uh, follow these steps exactly, then everything's going to be just fine. And that's not necessarily true. Colin Powell talks about some of the dirty side of leadership, in which I feel like not enough people talk about. So I really, really enjoyed this book. I actually read the book and then lit, uh, downloaded the, the audio book because Colin Powell narrates it. And I, I like listening to Colin Powell. I, yeah. I think Colin Powell is one of the greatest Americans ever. And um, I really wish the guy would run for president, but he's too smart to run for president because he doesn't want to, <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with all the, the crap that goes on with that office. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if Colin Powell, not that he's listening to this, but if he is, if he, if he ran for president tomorrow, I'd, um, but I really believe uh, just Colin Powell is just such a tremendous human being and he followed and he was just such an honest leader and, and just, it, it, you very rarely hear negative things about Colin Powell. You very rarely hear negative things about him. And his book just really spoke to me. I was able to, like I said, I've read the whole, the book. I would listen to it while I'd, while I'd work out. And I'd have to stop in the moment of workout to write a note down because I'm like, oh, that's gold. And I'd, yeah. you know, write it down. Um, so again, just a great, great book. Okay. Awesome. Um, that brings me to my last one, which is somewhat uh, connected to um, the ego is the enemy. 
in a way. Um, it's called Man's Search for Meaning from Viktor Frankl, who was an Austrian uh, neurologist and psychiatrist. He was actually in concentration camps for about three years during World War II. He lost his wife and both his parents. Um, while he was in the camps, he kind of wound up working as a physician. And while he was doing that, he started making these observations on kind of who was surviving and who wasn't. And um, kind of what he, he came down to was it's all about having a purpose. Um, and it's all about serving something um, you know, bigger than yourself and finding, um, finding meaning in that and kind of coming to the, to the understanding that life isn't necessarily always about trying to be happy, but it's about trying to be of use and to, um, to, you know, to, to find happiness through um, doing good for others. And so as an officer, maybe that's doing good for your, for your people. Maybe it's doing good for your community, all of the above. But I think it's also important to keep your people on that path. And, um, you know, not everybody likes getting up at two or three o'clock in the morning for, you know, something that's not exactly an emergency, but at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. And it's sometimes you got to remind yourself of that. And you got to remind the people that work for you of that. And, you know, as far as, I don't think you can get much more perspective than reading about a guy who was in a, a, a concentration camp talking about how, you know, once he kind of found his place in it, that it was, it was tolerable. And, you know, I'm not going to say it was enjoyable, but he made it through it with a, you know, a really good disposition. So if he can do that, then by all means, we can, we can run some of the, the less fun calls and do some of the less exciting parts of our job with a smile on our face. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and it's funny, I like to read books like that for to, to kind of bring me back to reality. Yeah. And, and I think everybody needs a reality check every once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. like if this guy can, can, like you said, not enjoyable, but make it tolerable in a concentration yeah. camp. Yeah. Why am I complaining about getting up at 1 a.m. to go pick Meemaw up off the ground? Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. I have a comfy bed back at the firehouse that I'm probably <laughs> going to be in. And within the next 30, 45 minutes to an hour, we've mm-hmm. got recliners. It's air conditioned or heated, depending on the time of year. St- you know, I, it's really not that bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get on. it. I get it. We all trained to be, you know, fire killers. You know, no one, no one signed up for the fire department. I mean, like, you know, especially again, uh, uh, you know, I don't know hundred percent what would captains do in your department, but like I'm responsible for like the station budget and mm. I'm responsible. We have the uh, Zoll monitor shop and snow chains shop at my station. So I have to manage those as well. You know, I have firefighters that, that are the foremans, but I'm like in, in charge of it mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And, and I get pissed off about it sometimes. And so I need a reality check because that's not what I wanted to sign. Oh, that's not when I was a kid, you know, 13 year old, and I'm going to be a fireman. You know, just like my dad, I'm going to be a fireman. And that's, I didn't envision myself sitting at a computer at 10 o'clock at night, drawing up the budget, you yeah. know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's not <laughs> what I went to bed. Like, oh, I can't wait to be a fire officer so that I can do, do spreadsheets. That's right. so exciting. I, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But it's really not that bad. And I need, and, and, and I need books like that. And, and again, that's how I get myself back to reality is I read yeah. books like that. And yeah. I'm like, oh. You're being, you know, for lack of a better word, you're just being a miserable asshole right now. You yeah. know, stop your complaining and just do it because it's not exactly. that bad. Yeah, I mean, he says in there numerous places, I mean, things like 
you know, you have the ability to choose your attitude in any situation. And, and again, if somebody in a concentration camp is writing that, then I, I got to go with it. So, yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, he, he talks about too, um, about, you know, not seeking a attentionless state, which, you know, I think if, and I've, I've heard this a few places, but if you look at the way society is trended, I mean, we're always in search of comfort and, I think we're pretty, pretty close to have gotten to like this peak level of comfort and, and, but it's really important not to let yourself be comfortable all the time. And I think that's important for us to make sure, you know, if, if, if we're probably at a point where, you know, as, as an officer, you can maybe get away with doing less and letting your people do more and kind of seek this state of, yeah, I'm going to sit here and watch you all wash the truck, but that's not okay. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's, you've got to get out and do the work and set that example. And you can't just always be seeking a state of comfort uh, or you're not going to grow. Yeah. I mean, humans are historically comfort, uh, you know, seekers of comfort. I right. mean, like, you know, uh, that, that's how, like, you know, they transitioned into caves and built fire. It was like, oh, yeah. it's cold outside. I mean, you know, like, that, that's how it happened. You know, they were like, man, we could be even more comfortable if we lived in here and started mm-hmm. a, and, and, had, and had warmth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's really difficult for me because the, the or I say difficult for me because the situation that I'm in right now, the station that I'm in, this I've never been at a station that and, and I call it a slow station It is a slow station. We don't run very many calls. I went from being at one of the busiest engine companies to now I'm at one of the slowest engine companies and we're more of a rural area. Well, mm-hmm. And the people that want to be at that station, the people that have put in, they are, they are seeking less of a workload. Yeah. So it's a, a challenge for me to stay because it would be easy to just go sit in my captain's office and let them do nothing. Right. You know, because we're not going to run, we're, we're not running 10 calls a day. We're running maybe three or four, maybe yeah. busy, busy day, maybe 10, maybe. But, uh, you know, I think the busiest day I've had there, it's like six calls. And that was like, woo, here we go. Yeah. You know, get, getting into it. Um, and so that's difficult, you know, you know, for me, cause I'm still in that go, go, go mindset. And, uh, and, and some of those guys are like, whoa, you know, take it easy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so it's difficult to, to, to stay motivated in that. And I think that's, again, one of those books that bring you back into perspective of, mm-hmm. Hey, we still got to, you know, we still got to do the stuff we got to do and we still yeah. got to train and we still got to work out even though, you know, it, because the call that, we, yeah, you're right. We may only run three calls a day, but we got to be just as good on those three as the other engine companies are good on their 13th. Exactly. So awesome. Awesome points. Um, so the last one that I have on my list is uh, to me, the Bible of being a fire officer. And that is the fire officer's handbook of tactics by John Norman. Uh, right. I believe he's getting ready to put out the fifth edition. Um, don't quote me on that. I believe the fifth edition is getting ready to come out, but that is just the Bible of the, of a fire officer. It's one of the most used books on promotional exams throughout the country. My fire department uses it for Lieutenant and captain promotions. Uh, I know that a lot of other fire departments are using it. Um, You know, it's just a great book. Now it is a huge, huge book. Uh, I use it, and I think I've used this term before. I use it more of like a physician's desk reference mm-hmm. than I do uh, like a page turner right. type book. But 
I really think you've got to read, you've got to read that book. And I use it to go look stuff up. I use it to go, Hey, all right, I, I, man, I, I've never heard of this particular thing. Let me go see if it's in John Norman's book, you know? And so I'll go look it up and read that chapter, or I'll just be like, you know what today for the hour of reading, I like to do, I'm going to just grab this book. I'm going to pick any chapter out of it and I'm going to read it um, because it doesn't have to be sequential. You know, right. it's not like a story book. It's, 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 Hey, he's going to, this chapter's on standpipes. You don't have to read the chapter before it to understand the chapter on standpipes. So it's just a really, really great book. And I'm super excited because in January, me and a couple other guys from my fire department and my brother, Danny, who's a firefighter in the city of Richmond, Virginia, we're all going down to Pensacola, Florida for a week long seminar with John Norman and Kurt Isaacson. And they are going to go chapter by chapter through John Norman's uh, officer book and his special operations book. Like we're going to go chapter by chapter. So we're going to get to hear everything in the book plus extra explanations from the man himself. So that is, and and as part of the, the conference registration, you're getting a copy of both the books. So I already have a copy of both the books, but I don't mind getting another one because I'll just, sure. if it's the same one that I have, I'll just give it away. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll just yeah. give it to somebody who I know who needs it. Um, you know, that's probably what I'm going to do with the special operations book because I already have a copy of that as well. Yeah. Uh, but man, what a tremendous opportunity to get to hear all of that. So I think any fire officer, really any firefighter, but specifically officers, because it is tailored toward fire ground officers. You got to have this book. It is, it is, like I said, if you don't already have it from having to take promotions, uh, promotional tests, you just need to have this book. It is it, it if if you're starting your library, I think this may be one of the first books you want to get. Excellent. Yeah, I actually I hate to say I've not read that yet, but I will definitely. I I know you will. I know <laughs> I know <laughs> you you'll probably read it in like three weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe four. But yeah. Okay. I, I'll, all right. <laughs> My my bets on the uh, over under four weeks. I'm staying. I'm taking the under. All right. <laughs> well, awesome. So, uh, you st- did you still have one on your list, or was that the last one that you? Uh, had? That was all five. I can, okay. I can throw okay. An honorable mention in there for sure. Though. Well, let's r- run down your top your your list again, real quick. Yeah. Um, first in, last out from John Salka, firefighter functional fitness from Dan Kerrigan and Jim Moss, uh, from PTSD to PTG from Dr. David Griffin. Ego is the Enemy, Ryan Holiday, and Man's Search for Meeting by Victor Frankel. Awesome. And uh, so my list, again, was Fire Command by Alan Brunacini, Crossfire Taking the Heat Out of Conflict by Randy Kern, Crucial Conversations by that whole list of authors. It's about four of them. It Worked for Me by Colin Powell, and Fire Officer's Handbook of Tactics by John Norman. Um yeah, let's go ahead and throw some honorable mentions out there because I'll be quite honest with you. This was a tough list to compile. And, yeah. and I want to reference this stuff too, guys, is that these are not books that we haven't read. We've read, like the books on my list, I've read every one of them. The books on Brandon's list, he's read them. We're not just like picking random books like, oh, I heard this was good. You should read it. You know, these are books that we've, we've read and we believe in. And I know for me, they're books I go back and reference if I'm having problems. I mean, so I I truly believe in these, um, these titles and these books, and that's why we're recommending them so heavily, but it was a tough list to compile because we could, I know me, I could break down, you know, company officer books 
based even on discipline. Like if you're a rescue company guy, if you haven't read rescue company by Ray Downey, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, like, I mean, like if you're assigned to a rescue company, why have you not read that book? I don't, you know, it, it, it would right. baffle me if you, or if you're a, you know, tout yourself as a rescue guy and you haven't read the Bible of the rescue company by the Godfather, the man who created them, yeah. uh, you know, just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me why you wouldn't do that. So, uh, but yeah, so go ahead and give your, uh, give an honorable mention in there. Cause I know this was difficult for you to compile as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll echo what you said there. I mean, this was a hard list to come up with and, and I, I have read all these books. I mean, some of them more than once. And so I think for me that, you know, I, I do read a lot. And so when I read, I take notes and, but I still don't, not everything I read sticks with me. I mean, it can't, I can only hold so much, but when I, when I go to make a book like this, that's kind of my, my first question is, did it stick with me? And every one of these books has stuck with me. Every one of these books has, you know, either that it's gotten opened back up on my Kindle or it's come down off my shelf to reference. And so I think, I think that's, that's what you look for in stuff like this, the things that stick with you and you get a lot out of. Um, so for honorable mention, Vincent Dunn's command and control of fires and other emergencies. Uh, it's a great, great, just, uh, I call it like a catch all book of, of being, a, an incident commander or a, an officer have whatever, I mean, tactics, everything from basic level stuff to, um, you know, high rise. I mean, just everything is in this book and it's still, it's not a long book. It's an easy read. It's a, it's an easy reference manual. Um, a lot of great little nuggets of information written by obviously a very knowledgeable source. So a uh, big recommendation on that one. Okay. And I actually have two honorable mentions. Uh, the first one is Fireground Strategies by Anthony Avillo. Uh, tremendous, tremendous book. Anthony Avillo is a chief out of New Jersey and he just kind of breaks it down. It is probably, it is a little bit, uh, it's a shorter book than the John Norman book. I think it is more succinct. It doesn't get into as great a detail as John Norman's book, but it is a great jumping off point for company officers. It is a great, it, it may be the John Norman book's intimidating to you, right? Because it's so big. It's a huge book. I mean, it's, 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 it's not only like huge, like thick wise, it's like a tall book. I mean, so, <laughs> so like there's a lot of words on each page. So maybe you see that book and you're like, there's no way I can comprehend what's in that book. So you, you pick Anthony Avillo's book. It's not as intimidating. It's not as long, but he hits a lot of really, really great strategies for different occupancy types, engine company, truck company, uh, all of this stuff. It's really, really good. I, I've really enjoyed how he writes, um, you know, and maybe some of the stuff doesn't always apply, but you can make notes and be like, hey, we couldn't do that in our fire department because of X, Y, and Z. And that's okay. That that's what yeah. these books are for. They're not, they're not gospel. They're there for you to try and do all this other stuff. Right. Um, and then the last one is, and I, and I kept this in an honorable mention because I know not every fire department has one of these. Uh, but I think if your fire department does and you haven't read it, then you're, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And that is a fire department history book on your fire department. Uh, we have one in Henrico fire and it's called see you at the big one, the history of Henrico fire. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, if, if you're interested in the fire department that I come from. Uh, but the, uh, I think that's important. Like I, it's important that I know as a company officer where we've come and, and our history and our background. It's important that I know that the fire stations initially were numbered based on the sanitation district, not necessarily the order in which they were, were built. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's important that I know that we're on our sixth fire chief or fifth fire chief. You know what I mean? Like that's important to me. It's important that I know that the fire station in the area that I serve initially was a subscription based fire service that was run out of a gas station. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's great history. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's important that you can, and again, it's one of those perspective things. Like, you know, we understand where we got started and now we, and, and if you don't know where you got started, you can't know where you're going. It is, right. it is, it is almost impossible. So if your fire department has one of these history books, then I think you need to buy it and you need to read it. Uh, you know, I constantly, we're coming up on our 75th anniversary uh, in the department that I work for Henrico fire. And you see, and I don't know whether it's just the morale or whether it's, I don't know, you know, just the, the way people are these days, but we're putting out 75th anniversary pins and badges and stuff. And there's people going around like, this is lame. You know, yeah. it's stupid. It's lame. Who cares that we've been around for 75 years? I really do care because anything that's been around for 75 years, anything that's been around for 75 years is worth celebrating. Agreed. Uh, you know, people, organizations, whatever. And so it's not lame. Knowing about the history of your fire department is not lame. As a matter of fact, I pride myself on knowing that, you know, the firehouse that I'm, the area that I'm serving right now, I know the history of it. I know the history of Sanston. I know the history of Elko. And I know the history of Henrico Fire in that area. I know, uh, you know, who the deputy chief was, who the second deputy chief was. I know who the first captain was. You know, I mean, and, and that's a, just a, I just think that's a, it's a, that's important. Does, uh, does your fire department have a history book, Brandon? It doesn't, but I'm sitting here thinking about writing it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's how ours got started. It was a grassroots effort by uh, a professor at VCU and a bunch of retired firefighters that were like, mm -hmm. why don't we have a history book? We're, you know, I mean, we are in, uh, in, in, in this area one of the most historic areas in our country. Uh, you know, there were revolutionary war battles fought in, in Virginia. There were civil war battles fought in Virginia. Jamestown, one of the first successful settlements, is, is an hour away. My son's yeah. visiting it on a field trip today. We're in one of the most historic areas in the country. Why would we not tell the history of our fire department? Right. You know, that's, right. that's you know, and, and how it came to be and, and, you know, and, and the history before it was ever Henrico Fire, like when the city of Richmond used to have to stop at the line because they didn't have a contract with Henrico County because Henrico County didn't have its own fire department. Like yeah. how, you know, like that's all important stuff. Yeah. You know, that's all important stuff. And and that also tells you some history because that is uh, that's part of the reason that we don't necessarily get along so good today is because the city of Richmond tried to annex all of Henrico County. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. so that's a big deal and if you don't know that it, there are still people harboring all that ill will you know oh yeah <laughs> so if you don't that know stuff that, doesn't go away easy no no and so if you <laughs> don't know that about your area how can you understand the political climate and how can you understand you know why we do business the way we do business so i just think it's important yeah i agree well man that's that's all great great stuff i mean again so now you've got 13 I, books. Oh, no, go ahead. I, go ahead. Can I Absolutely. throw one more honorable mention in there? You certainly can. And we, uh, we, we actually briefly mentioned on the last podcast, um, but the evolving fireground from PJ Norwood and Sean Gray is great. And I know their teachings can maybe be a little divisive, but the information in that book is, is, is essential. And I think, again, it's another one that's a, it's a short book. It's easy to read. Take from it what you want and leave what you don't. But I think everybody can get something out of that. 
Yeah, I totally. I think everything Sean and PJ are teaching is is great stuff. And and I think that's kind of the theme for any of these books mm-hmm. is take what it, take from it what you want and you can yeah. leave the rest. Right. I do I do that with people. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. like I, I mean not just books. I do that with people when somebody suggests like how I do something on the fire ground, if I don't feel like it's going to work for me, I don't I don't use it. You know, but the stuff that has that that I think is will work, man. I I tell them all the time, stealing that. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm still one of the guys who I worked for uh, at Engine Company Eight back when we were still using paper mat books exclusively. Now we're using MDTs. Yeah. He would always when he was we give a water supply plan over the radio as we're going to do uh, to, to fires. Yeah, it sounds something similar to you know Engine Eight to Engine Nine. We're laying out front. We're going to lay out from the corner of such and such and such and such pump to us or put us in line, whatever. Yeah. He would always say what map page. Uh, and he was like, he'd be like, you know, engine eight to engine nine. We're operating off of map page 25 in our map book where there's a hydrant at the court. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause yeah. how many times have you been riding as the second do engine flipping through the map book? Like, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. And he throws out there map page 25 in our map book. So you pull out the engine eight map book, you go to 25 and you're seeing exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. So I stole that and I still use it when our, re- when our regular maps fail on the computer. Cause they do sometimes mm-hmm. it's technology sure. when yeah. they fail on the computer, I flip to our map book and I'll give that assignment. Like, Hey, we're operating, you know, our MDTs down, we're operating off of page 24 in our map book. Boom. Yeah. And man, so I stole that, you know, I, I stole it from him and I tell him every day, Mike, I stole that from you. You know, I tell him every time I see him, Mike, I stole that from you. Um, I love it when people steal from me. It's great. Yeah, that's like the most sincere form of flattery. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to take these books and be like, well, you know, in in uh, Fireground Strategy and Tactics, they say that I should immediately go to the roof if I'm riding forth on the truck. Well, it right. doesn't make any sense if that you don't have those type of buildings or staffing or, you know, you know right. take, take, the, take the lessons, but you don't have to. It's yeah. not gospel. Don't discount the entire book. Right, right. And yeah, yeah. And don't discount the entire book either. You know what I mean? Like just take from it what will work. And that's yep. especially the stuff that's coming out these days about transitional attack and the stuff PJ's talking about and the UL stuff. Cause I know yep. everybody's reading those, man, there is some stuff in there that worked great for my fire department. And there's some stuff that doesn't, Yeah, you know, it, it just sure. doesn't, uh, you know, we, I, I've, I've been, you know, before it was called transitional attack, I learned that when I first got in firefighter one class, like that was something that we, we didn't have a name for it. It was just, Hey, if this guy's sitting here forcing this door and fire's blowing out this window, instead of waiting, why don't you put some water in that window? It'll put put the fire out. Yeah. We just called it cheap shotting until they came out with a better term for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been around forever. It's just a matter of understanding the science behind it a little better and streamlining it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's stuff that, you know, but like, I can understand where someone from the FDNY with a five or six man engine company would be like, well, yeah, that's dumb. Well, yeah, sure. of course it's, of course it's dumb. You've got your, your six people on hose line. <laughs> yeah. Your average response time is 45 seconds. That yeah. fire didn't have that much time to grow. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, most of the, I mean, unfortunately, most of the response times in my area are anywhere from five to eight minutes. Yeah. yeah so I'm that fire's like... got a lot of chance to grow. So, you know, long story short, uh, don't just like nothing in these books are gospel, but don't discount the book because you don't agree with one particular thing. In fact, if I don't agree with something in the book, I highlight it right next to it. We can't do this or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this doesn't apply to us or, it, you know, I, I was just before I got on the podcast, I was watching a video from Kurt Isaacson where he talks about an emergency water supply. And that's not going to work where I work. Mm-hmm. But I texted it to my brother who works in an urban environment in a city gridded structure. I was like, yeah. man, this could work for you. If you're DP, if you're driving the rig and you and you uh, come up on a on a fire, you know, or whatever, like you accidentally show up first, man, this could be a, a thing in your DPO playbook. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I said, just because it doesn't apply to you doesn't mean it's not valuable. So right. and that's like I said, the theme of all these books here. Um, well, well, Brandon, we're getting close to about an hour. Let's uh, again give us all the places we can find you and your website and, and all this stuff and where you're going to be. Are you teaching anywhere? Are you going to be attending any conferences? Where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, um, my website is brandonsdouglas.com, B R A N D O N S D O U G L A S.com. Um, Twitter is at bdouglas215. Um, I don't have any teaching engagements coming up. I'm, I haven't actually registered yet, but I'm definitely attending, planning on attending FDIC in April. Um, that's about, and I'll be at NFA. Um, well, this will, this will, it'll be over by this time. This but I'll be at NFA next week for command and control. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. What command and control class are you taking? Uh, multi-alarm. Ooh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I've taken command and control target hazards. I really enjoyed, ah. really enjoyed that class. And uh, most of the command and control stuff through the NFA is good. Uh, yeah, but sure. the real learning takes place at the bar. Everybody knows, that. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the education solid at the NFA and I'm probably going to do a whole episode on the NFA uh, about yeah. why you should go uh, yeah. and, and all the stuff that you should do. But, but everybody knows that the real, you know, the best education is going on at the odd house, the command post pub, uh, Dave and Jane's all those places. Yeah. This will be my uh, first time. So I'm pretty excited, man. You're going to love it. You're going to yeah. love it. Make sure you make sure you go look at that managing officer uh, picture and brick out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My money, so my money's well spent. So somebody actually looks at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the podcast again. You are a tremendous resource for firefighters out there. I hope that everyone's listening is starting to drive more traffic to your website. I hope that uh, I, I really think, to be honest with you, that you've got a class with all the books that you've read. I mean, I really wow. do think that there's a class out there that you could create for an FDIC or conferences, you know, talking about, you know, leaders being readers and, and firefighters being readers. I really think that with all the knowledge that you have in the reader reading that you're doing, that, that that's something you could create. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and we'll be right back with some closing stuff on the average Jake firefighter podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. What another great interview with Brandon Douglas, the guy just, know so much about literature and is so well-spoken and such a natural it uh he's so easy to talk to it just makes doing these even more fun and more educational I feel like I learned just as much by participating in interviewing him as I would if I was you know doing anything else or sitting in a classroom so just you know again go to Brandon's website he is providing a ton a ton of resources for firefighters when it comes to reading books and if you're not sure if you want to tackle a book, then make sure that you go to his website first. He's probably got it on there, and you can see if you would like the book based on what he's written down and kind of the review of it. So it's a really, really good resource, and I am so excited that he keeps wanting to come on the podcast and discuss this stuff with me. We're going to have to try to bring him back 
Uh, and maybe we'll do something not book-related the next time. Uh, maybe we'll get him to uh, come back on and talk about his experiences with the NFA uh, You know, when I do my NFA episode, because uh, I do want to talk about the NFA on this podcast because I think it's one of the most underutilized resources in the entire fire service. But with that being said, uh, I can't do what I do without the support of just some great people and the support of some great companies. First, some big, big shout outs to some people that have just been giving me some great feedback. First off, Chief Peter Lamb. Pete does his own podcast, the Firefighter Training Podcast, and Pete's been putting out content for decades at this point. Um, Like I talked about in a previous episode, the Fireground Commander episode, I appreciate loyalty, but I feel like Pete's got a good message out there. Uh, I feel like a lot of these other podcasts have a good message out there. So go take, go over to Pete Lamb's uh, website, I believe it's uh, PeteLamb.com, and, uh, or just go into iTunes or whatever, uh, you know, do, whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and just put in the Firefighter Training Podcast, and that's Pete Lamb. The next is Steve Green. Steve Green runs the uh, Five Alarm Task Force podcast, and again, he's just been so supportive of everything that I've tried to do um, out here and it just makes everything so cool when we're all in the same medium, but we're supporting each other. Uh, the other podcast I want you to go check out is the Do Work podcast with Cody and Steven. Like I've said before, they're bringing you a completely different style of fire service podcast. They're coming out there. They're, you know, no nonsense. They're bringing on great interviews. Uh, I've enjoyed all of their interviews. They're talking about firefighter skills and firefighter, you know, it's like sitting around the kitchen table with those guys. Uh, They're having a couple beverages and they're talking and it's really, really good fire service discussion. I enjoy, in fact, most of their episodes crack me up when I'm listening to them. So I enjoy their podcast. I think you will too. And they have given me a tremendous amount of feedback on my podcast. So go out there and and, and listen to that Do Work podcast. And lastly, I got a big shout out to a, a friend of mine named Nick Baskerville. Uh, if you Nick Baskerville is a firefighter here in Virginia. I work with him uh, doing some stuff for the Virginia uh, Fire Chiefs Association, specifically in the company officer section. Uh, but Nick is a great just he's a storyteller. And he has a thing called Storytelling on Purpose. You should go check it out. And he talks about the value of telling stories. And anyone in the fire service can appreciate the value of telling a good story. But Nick has been giving me a lot of feedback on the podcast about what he thinks people would like to hear. He talks in front of large groups of people. So he he has a really good grasp on what people like to hear and what people like. Uh, so I just can't, uh, uh, you know, thank him enough for the feedback that he's been giving me. Uh, you know, it, it's invaluable, and he's been pushing the podcast. Anytime I put one out, uh, he's pushing it to people. He's talking to people about it. Uh, at the at the company officer summit we worked at together, he was telling people about it. He was telling people about you know the podcast and that they should listen. So I really just appreciate all the support that Nick Baskerville's been giving me, and just all of you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, like I've said before. In the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not a lot. I don't really know. But for 800, 700, 1,000 people to listen to you know, something that I'm doing, it just is humbling. It, you know, I, I, I appreciate every person that spends a little bit of time listening to what I have to say. And I know that the people that we've brought on the podcast appreciate you listening to what they have to say. It's just been a great, great experience. With that being said... Again, I can't do what I do without the support of some other great companies, too. First of those is Vanguard Safetywear. Wear. Vanguard Safetywear is the makers of the M10 
K1 Fire Glove. They are made for work. Okay, those things are awesome. I wear them every day. Yesterday on shift, I was doing mass drills with them, and they are just one of the best fire gloves I've ever worn. It makes it so easier. I'm a, if you go back to the masking up episode, I'm a big believer in masking up with your gloves on if you don't come off the rig with it. So these fire gloves are going to make your mask up times even faster. There's the dexterity in them. They get better every time I put them on. They're just awesome. So go to VanguardSafetyWear.com and make sure you get those MK1 fire gloves. Christmas is coming. Don't let your firefighter go to work without MK1 fire gloves. Kind of speaking along that same line, Taylor's Tins. I am proud to be part of the Taylor's Tins Mafia. I have a Taylor's Tin on my helmet, and Taylor's Tins is one of the best helmet fronts that you can buy. It is a durable metal helmet front that is going to last you forever. And not only is it going to last you forever, the artwork that Taylor has been able to put on these things is tremendous. I, I mean, I know that when I show up on a scene, everybody's looking at my helmet front because it is beautiful. Uh, it is just one of the best things that, I, that I've ever gotten to wear. It's durable. Like I told you a couple episodes ago, I dropped mine. You can't even tell. Uh, Taylor's doing some phenomenal work. He's got tins all over the country these days, and just they keep getting better and better. He's perfecting his process. Uh, I mean, he just made a couple for the fire critic and uh, Rhett Flights out here in Virginia, and, just, and they both looked just great. Uh, it was very, I mean, they were just gorgeous, gorgeous, and they're functional. They're going to last you. They're going to allow you to be identified better on the fire ground. They're just overall a great product, and it's not some fly-by-night, click-down menu, anything like that. You're going to send what Taylor what you want. He's going to email you. He's going to call you. He's going to make sure that he's putting out a product that you want, so make sure that you go to Taylor's Tins, taylorstins.com, or you can be on, or he has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Taylor's Tins, and you can get on your way to wearing a Taylor's Tin on your helmet. Stop entering up leather helmets, your know, leather helmet fronts, and start wearing a Taylor's Tin. And that's about it for the episode, guys. Uh, again, just cannot say thank you enough for all the support that I keep getting in this venture. I never thought that anything like this would would explode like it has. Um, if you want to be a guest on the Average Jake Firefighter podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Average Jake FF. You can, of course, I've put my phone number out here before, 804-641-8310. You can text me. You can call me. Uh, if I don't answer the phone, leave a voicemail. I'll get back to you. I promise. You can hit me up on Instagram. You can direct message me through that. I'm at Average Jake again. And just uh, find me through any of those social media platforms, and we can get you on the podcast. You know, we can get you because I want this to not only highlight some of the quote unquote heroes of the fire service, the big names. I want some of the the guys that may or are looking for a venue or looking for an avenue to spread their message because I feel like we're all bringing value to the fire service. Just because it doesn't apply in your fire department doesn't mean it uh, it doesn't provide value to everybody. So like I always say, one hour in the gym every day working on some sort of physical fitness, one hour in the library, read a book, especially read the books that were on this episode, read a book, watch a YouTube video, read something, read, a, read Fire Engineering Magazine, Fire Rescue, any of those things, learn something about our job, and then spend one hour doing some sort of hands-on training. You do that, and I guarantee you'll become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.